0: fourth of july weekend we wanted to pad the and fanatic podcast network with a handful of podcasts for you all so here we are episode two of the 2019 sukup summer series i'm chris williams joined as always by the brent bloom as we are here to celebrate america and uh, we're also um Celebrating what will be 10 years at Cyclone Fanatic coming up in July or August. Crazy. Wild. Makes me feel old.
1: Um, That's nearly a third of your life spent at this place.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But there's so much more that led up to that. For sure. For both of us. And that's kind of what today's podcast is going to be about. Not us. We're chronicling the... Well, not chronicling, but we're discussing, analyzing, discussing, whatever you want to call it. The history of cyclone media.
1: Take it as you will. And you you won't realize how much an impact media, will leave that term as it is, has an impact on Iowa State sports. But I think by the end of this, you'll be like, whoa, that is a major cog in the wheel that makes Iowa State athletics go.
0: Before we dig into this conversation, we do want to thank our friends at Up. Manufacturing. If you, need a, if you need a grain bin, don't wait any longer. The farmers who get the top dollar for their crop are the ones with on farm storage. Store now, profit later. Give your local Sukup dealer a call today. Uh, unfortunately, I've been around Southwest Iowa a lot lately. <laughs> and what's incredible, now that I'm really on the lookout for it, is the number of Sukup grain bins you see. Oh,
1: around the great state of Iowa. They are everywhere. I'm going up to Northwest Iowa for the fourth, and I'm going to count them. I'm going to end up. You're going to get really
0: (laughs) (laughs) bored because you're going to be counting a lot. It's
1: like the license plate game. Don't do that. Count the road. Watch the road. (laughs) That's true if I'm driving. Yeah, like that sounds like a really bad plan. All right, I'll have my wife do that then.
0: Uh, We thank them uh, for sponsoring the Sukup Summer Series for the second year in a row. And um, this is a topic that is near and dear to our hearts. We've been lucky, most of the time lucky, I would say, to have a front row seat to a lot of this as media has evolved. Um, I will say this, and I think it's a good place to start when... So, Jeremy Lind is the originator of Cyclone Mm Fanatic. He's not really... Around uh, the company much anymore. I do see he dabbles on the forums from time. I haven't seen Jeremy in years. Same. But, um, I Open used to have lunch, Jeremy. The, yeah, yeah, if he's listening, I used to have lunch with him from time to time. Um, but the genesis of our group taking Cyclone, or purchasing it and turning it into a media outlet was a group of Iowa State fans fed up with the lack of coverage. I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, that's the easiest way to put it. Yep. And that's kind of where I came into the mix. I had started a little bit with Scout and Rivals, done all of that. But, man, there's so much more that happened before 2009. Um, And that's – Bloom, you're the perfect guy to start this because you grew up really – I grew up in yeah. the, with the Omaha media, yep. and it didn't matter. We didn't have the internet. Mm-hmm. You couldn't watch local Des Moines television. It was all Omaha. If you wanted to follow Iowa State, it was impossible.
1: In you, southwest
0: Iowa. In yeah. southwest Iowa. Did I you mean,
1: even get – were they on TV stations? Like, you know – Iowa like, State used to be on the Raycom or the you know the ESPN. Iowa Regional. was on Raycom, yeah, or Iowa was on we, Raycom. We could, Iowa State had similar type. We could watch Iowa on we, WOI. We for a while,
0: and then there was a mix up. Now, right now, um, Channel Five, you can get down there, but okay. for a for good a while, chunk of my could. childhood, you could not because I actually. In, Preparing for this, I reached out to Keith Murphy. Okay, who a lot of people like, yeah. I, who probably listen to Murph and Andy, and watch Sound Off, yep. don't realize. He used to actually call
1: Iowa State basketball games in the Cyclone Television Network. And he did a couple of football games, too. He did. He, he did, did CyHawk games. games for ABC. Absolutely. I watched it. So, Keith, I, I watched it when I was like eight. I didn't know that until really like probably five, six years ago. So, let's start there. and And I think, you know, as modern as media has gotten, back in the day, it was super unsophisticated and really random. So, let's start in the 70s and 80s. And back then, take us there, Professor well, he, Bloom. There were no, there were really no TV or radio contracts. There were no ex- exclusivity rights for radio stations and TV stations. So essentially, if you wanted to cover the game, you could go cover the game. We both worked at KMA Radio in Shenandoah for years. KMA. Would send people to the Iowa State I, game. I believe Warren Swain. Yeah, would they would. Do that. They, he was once the sportscaster of the year. So these, you know, schools they did not have a play-by-play guy. They literally had dozens of local radio stations that would all set up shop at, uh, you know, Cyclone Stadium at the time, or Kinnick Stadium at the time, or Carver Hawkeye, or Hilton Coliseum. And if you if you wanted to, and you had the, and I'm sure they charged them a fee of, of some sort. But if you wanted to broadcast the game, you could go broadcast the game. Similarly for TV, for a while there was no exclusive, there were times where Iowa State games were covered by both, and it was rare because they weren't on national TV really at all, covered by ESPN plus the local. So they did not have this, you know, entity that controlled media rights. It was really kind of free-for-all. If you wanted to cover it, you could come cover it. And that's kind of the interesting start of, you know, college sports was really small, and in, in, in professional sports were also, I mean, media-wise, it was, it was not sophisticated at all. Um, it was just kind of an afterthought. Media rights were. It was like, well, if you want to cover it, sure, we'll take the extra, you know, interest in our program. But it was not controlled from a central outlet like a conference or like the school. So it was, uh, it, was a new, it was a different time. It was a really simple time. So that's why, like Pete Taylor, Iowa State eventually consolidated a little quicker than Iowa did, I think. But they did. Um, Iowa was the last holdout in the Big Ten
0: because the only reason I know that is Scott Docterman just, had just that, wrote that
1: piece about it in The Athletic. Yeah. So, uh, you know, eventually Pete Taylor was kind of the one voice and he was at a 1350 so T. He, he was the
0: first voice of the Cyclones. Yes. Like it, the, when it came together. When
1: it first came together. And this was, I think, the late seven. So we've only had two. Um,
0: Pete yeah. Taylor and John Malt. Essentially,
1: yeah. I mean, that, just the solo guys, absolutely. But the point being, it was a really simplified version of how those meteorites works, and it's completely changed, and called sports has changed with it.
0: I read in that doctorman piece, um, to show a difference in the financial aspect of this, yep. something like Iowa was charging those stations each like $50,000 a year, okay. and they could broadcast every game if you think about that, compared to today's money.
1: And I think Iowa State had really two or three. Yeah. I mean... In, in it was the, probably KMA. It was KMA, it was uh, KRNT, I think. Yeah. It eventually became KRNT, and then Ames, KSI, I think, yeah. covered some, too. I would too. be surprised, maybe Fort Dodge did every once so in a while. when I grew up, and let's just kind of move this along here. When I grew up, I, Iowa State was not on TV very much. Like, you had to listen to the radio, and that was Pete Taylor on... Um, thirteen fifty, and or when basketball wise, they had a couple of games on Channel Five, and then kind of that Big Twelve Network, which was really just um you know that ESPN Plus package. But Iowa State did not make much money on that. Um, just let us throw it back to even two thousand, which wasn't that long ago. Iowa State from the Big Twelve Conference, which includes the meteorites, made roughly three three and a half million dollars from from meteorites.
0: Which is just, I mean, now they're upwards of 30 million.
1: Now, now, uh, north of that. Yeah, it's way north of that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Meteorites, the Big 12 as a whole, I think next this year will be over 40 million. Yeah. Meteorites is probably, you know, 75% of that or more. But back in 2000, I mean, the main driver for media was really to try and get interest in your program if you're if, from an Iowa State perspective. So that was to drive ticket sales. Ticket sales was the biggest part of the budget. Now it's. It's really a small potatoes compared to the media rights, and so I think the media landscape has altered the way college sports operate completely. It's a totally different ball game than even in two thousand, yeah, so back in the nineties it was you you listened to Pete Taylor, Iowa State would be on t v for football, usually against Iowa and Nebraska, and yeah. that wasn't even always the case and you just you just listen to the radio, and Iowa state it radio wise was controlled by the Cyclone Radio Network, which was the name of it, but it was really an an entity um, out of Des Moines that eventually became Clear Channel. So that's actually what Eric Heff did for a living mm-hmm. um, and still kind of does that as well. Is he sold the the sponsorships for the network. So that was based out of the same building that I go to every day with KXNO, and Yeah, correct?
0: eventually. So, well, not the exact same building, but they were all, like they that were, group they was were all
1: together. together. Yeah, so this now we're talking, we're going late 90s into the early 2000s. And then Clear Channel would eventually become, uh, well, it didn't become that, but Learfield Sports would purchase Iowa State's rights. And then that. Eventually turned into Learfield IMG in the past year. So how that has changed. So back in 2000, you know Iowa State would get probably less than a million dollars or so from Clear Channel to have the radio and then uh, the the TV package as well was included in that. And that was not Clear Channel, but total was about a million dollars. So now what Iowa State does is they package the rights to the tier three rights is what we know them as, but that also includes for Learfield is radio. So the Cyclone Radio Network, Cyclones TV, all the in-stadium and in-arena signage. Learfield controls all of that. So if you notice, if you're in there and you're, you're hearing or you're watching on Cyclones TV, it's very similar advertisements because that's how they market this thing. And so what happened is in about 2006 or so, Learfield approaches Iowa State and said, we will pay you a specific number a year to be able to control all of your rights for your third tier that aren't covered by the conference. That ends up, it started out about $2, 2500000 million dollars a year. It's now grown to close to $6 million for those This tier is what three Learfield rights. pays Iowa, Iowa State. Iowa State. And then Learfield then controls all of those entities. So Cyclones TV ads, Cyclone Radio Network, and the In Arena stuff. Mm, yeah, so they signage. control all of the um, corporate, the marketing parts of... I would, I would
0: guess too that the signage is probably the biggest thing.
1: Yeah, I'd I mean, cur- I, if, you, if you think about it, like as far as yeah, like, I, I mean, visibility. how much money
0: is Pioneer paying to have their logo on Hilton Coliseum? Great question. So, but Mid American Energy, we just saw that with the stadium.
1: That just goes to show. So, in 2000, Iowa State made less than a million dollars off of all that stuff. Now it's up closer to six. So this is the growth we're talking about. Of. Just Cyclone Radio Network, just Cyclone's TV, that third-tier stuff. And that doesn't even include the Big 12. The Big 12 um, has been fascinating. Um, <laughs> I've
0: probably spent too much time in my 35 years following the not only the realignment, but the uh, the television contracts, mm-hmm. um, the, bi- the lack of a Big 12 network, and all the drama that's come with it. Uh, I-, I think you can make an argument that um, – I, uh, I always think the Big 12 network and the Longhorn network argument, it's one of the more fascinating ones in sports to me because there's so much ire towards the Longhorn network, yet without it, I think there's a strong case that the Big 12 in its current form does not exist. I don't think Iowa State is in the Big 12 if the Longhorn network didn't exist.
1: Look at what Connecticut's doing right now. Yeah, There is a strong possibility if, and again, Iowa State's not Connecticut. There's a little more size to Iowa State and, you know, more of a brand, I think, in a way. But Connecticut may is, is in talks of either dropping out of FBS mm-hmm. or maybe completely dropping their football program because the, their inclusion in they never got into a big Power Five, then they went to the American, and now they're like, this is awful. We don't want to be here. It ruined our entire basketball program. We need to go back to the Big East where we had it good. Mm-hmm. Well, the problem with that is that's not a football Correct. So now you're... You're, based,
0: you're with the Villanovas and you're, Georgetown's. And you're Villanova,
1: Exactly. So that's, that, that's... And for them, maybe that's best for them. But that's how... It, it, it's funny. If you look at Iowa State's budget, it turned a sharp corner at the realignment crisis. So in the end, Iowa State has benefited, I mean, exponentially over what happened. It's the haves and the have-nots. It is. And
0: luckily, Iowa State was one of the haves.
1: Completely. Because if it goes the other way... I, I don't know. I'm not I don't doing know this. what happened. No, I,
0: it's. I. I remember the wife and I had just gotten married, and I think I've told. The, I don't want this to turn into a realignment podcast. No, but, but I,
1: it, it literally it, it goes hand in hand because yeah. the, the media was the reason why the Big Twelve stayed in its current form. I do remember
0: saying to my wife, she didn't understand, she didn't pay attention to any of this, and I do remember saying to this, if you know, if this goes the wrong way, I'm likely going to need to find another job. Mm-hmm uh maybe not immediately mm-hmm. but you could see the if Iowa states in the mountain west um there's a lot of things that are going to be changing
1: around here so even back in in 2000 as 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 early as 2006 Iowa state had four games on TV yeah and one of them was on MC22 seriously yeah that wasn't that
0: long ago no the MC22 game was that the in 2006,
1: UNLV, that, where there was, no. like, the fight. That that game was uh, – no, it was the Toledo game. Oh, the Toledo – the opener. opener. Yeah. 45-43 yep. uh, I, I did sideline overtime. for that. I was a sideline That's player. right. That's yeah, right. I was a sideline reporter yeah in that game. Yeah, but, I mean, that – and that was coming off Iowa State had made back-to-back bowl wins, so it's not like Iowa State was a bad program. That's the reason they weren't on TV. They're just – the inventory wasn't there, and it was a free-for-all still. And the Big 12 contract at the time is you got paid if you were on TV. And so Texas and Nebraska, and that's the reason why Nebraska got fed up eventually. Is it was it was tiered. So if you were on TV, national TV, more like your Texas and Oklahoma and Nebraska. Nebraska you, had it good. back They in did. That deal. You got way more money than your your Iowa states of the world that weren't on national TV as much. Think about that. Two thousand six, four of the eleven or twelve games were were nationally televised. That's it. I, 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 the top of my so this
0: was the Big Twelve. What was interesting at the time. They were the only league that didn't split media rights equally among schools, correct? correct? Yes. So, I yeah. So, so yeah. like, Texas, let's just throw out an arbitrary number, was making $14 million a year. Off of TV. Yeah. Yep. Where Kansas and Iowa State were making three. 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 And that's
1: just how the conference operated, and that that might be a little bit exaggerated. But it it, 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 it it's not far it's off. Not far off.
0: I, I know it's not far off because I do remember going through those numbers back in the day, and that the Texas and Nebraska. I always remember those two were the highest. Yeah, this was really bef- right when Oklahoma was becoming a national power. I want to say maybe. Uh, yeah, I mean, you're, was, you're, they would have won
1: it, but they, yeah. but Texas and Nebraska were, were still, the, still two the big biggest brands, brands.
0: Yeah. yeah, in the conference. But
1: that's why the media rights be- were such a big deal because ever since 2010 is when that hit, and uh, and the Big Twelve got the guarantee from ESPN and Fox that they were going to sign this. What was it at the time? A 13 year. I don't remember what exactly the length of the contract. It was, was a 13 year grant of rights. That saved it, it. provided stability. One, but then uh, revenue-wise, it's like boom explosion. And if you if you market for Iowa State, so twenty ten Iowa State's budget was like close to $40, dollars, somewhere in that neighborhood. Now it's it's north of eighty five million, almost. So ticket sales, yes, they've gone up. Uh, uh, fundraising has gone up quite a bit, but but the majority of it is the media rights. And like I said, this year Iowa State's going to get forty million from the Big Twelve, and that's six to seven million from the Tier Three. So there's forty-seven million of around the eighty-five million-dollar budget that is based on media conference affiliation, and media. Yeah, crazy.
0: So let's talk about the other stuff uh, because this is where I that I think is the most interesting thing yeah. that doesn't really get talked about a lot, and that's just the evolution of the rest of the media. Mm-hmm. That, that covers Iowa State. When I say evolution, evolution isn't always for the better. Um, I remember when we were in college, you know, and we were both aspiring. You, I wasn't really an aspiring sports journalist. I wanted to be with in NASCAR. Like, okay. that was really that was what I – I was wanting to get some licks broadcasting, but I really I'd, – I I'd never ventured out to be a Cyclone fan site guy because yeah. there was really – only two websites at the time. There was and Which was, was pretty new. Yeah. And it was the smaller one. It was of more of two. a magazine with a message board. Correct. Yeah. And then there was Paul
1: Clark's CycloneReport.com, yep. which is still around today. Yep. Which originated again as a message board, and it eventually rivals, yeah, rivals the content. Yeah. Yeah. And still going on today? Um, I remember at those days, the Ames Tribune, uh,
0: the local newspaper there, they... They had at least four, I think, five sports writers
1: on the staff, I think, yep. at the time. Yep. Well, uh, at least two that were dedicated. They had a wrestling to, beat writer. Yeah. I remember him. Yep. Um, they had two like, that were at every single press conference.
0: Yeah. And then they had Maybe two three. preps. Yeah. And they had two prep or three guys. preps. Yep. Um, I remember with the Du Register. So you're talking 04 to 07. to 07. Somewhere in there. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the Des Moines Register probably had at least twice the amount of its sports staff that it does, probably more. I have yeah, not crunched uh, the
1: numbers, but the crunch They had the, a horse racing and a women's basketball guy.
0: Yeah. Think about that. I that mean, was his. And those women's basketball riders, like, traveled some, mm-hmm. too. Like, they, I don't think mm-hmm. they went to every game. Nope. But, but they Dan, went to a lot Dan of them. Dan Johnson. And, and then was... Scott Nolfe did it for the Ames for the Tribune.
1: Trip. Yep. He was at a lot of
0: road games. That's a back, good point. Back in the day. Um the the wrestling coverage was huge uh dick what was dick's last name uh, i remember him and then the register had their iconic wrestling reporter yep um yet when we would go to a press conference so let's go i took my first job uh at cyclo nation uh for scout so that steve dace was my boss um and john narciss believe it
1: god rest his soul yeah. yep um those are the two. Yeah. They found, they found, how did they find you? <laughs> Do you remember that? Because well. <laughs> cause you and I both had a, had a column in the Iowa State Daily. Yeah. The guy had Thursdays and you had Tuesdays. And at first we hated each other.
0: We did. Uh, my first beat with the Iowa State Daily was the sports clubs. <laughs> my first story, my first published story was about the Municycling Club. Not unicycling, Municycling. These, Man. These, these imbeciles. We started deep. They would go out into the <laughs> woods and unicycle. S- swear to God, uh, no,
1: that was my that was first deep, beat. Quick detour: the uh, junior college defensive back who got in trouble. He pushed over a unicyclist, Josh Hargis. Remember oh, yeah, that story I, I in the Union, like down the stairs yeah. in the Union. How could I forget that?
0: Yeah. Uh, it was that was one of the guys I was covering. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, my second beat was golf, men's golf, wow. which. Actually, it was a terrible beat. The coach was really mean. Like it was a good learning opportunity. Yeah. I'll put it that way. And then, um, yeah, started doing the column. And Amanda Overson was a beat writer, so okay. she she had been my one of my editors at the Iowa State Daily. Right. She went on to work for Scout, and that's right. She kind of got me hooked up with Dace and that crew, and they hired me basically on the spot, I remember driving down to Des Moines um with no clue what I was getting you, into. Right. And I met with John Narcisse and see I w- the one thing I had going for me was I was a recruiting junkie. You liked I, it. I, I was obsessed with it. Yeah. And I And you were gonna work I was gonna cover to, the yeah. hell out of recruiting. Yeah. And my I had to I had to write like five recruiting pieces a week like they, it was very set. Like what they, what mm-hmm. they wanted from me. Mm-hmm. But I loved that aspect from it. I, I remember um, my uncle Dick when I was growing up. He would get that voice of the Hawkeye, like yep. newspaper it, that would come to your
1: door. And Iowa State had something similar called Cyclone Cyclone Illustrated, which, he, which, which was Bill Seals and um, I don't know if Paul Clark was involved in that. But but anyway, something similar. It was called Cyclone Illustrated. Yeah, it's called Cyclone Illustrated. Yeah. Um, so
0: that's how I got involved with that in 2004. And it was at that point where I decided I never wanted to work for a newspaper mm-hmm. really because I, you like the immediacy and, uh, yeah, I mean, basically back then though, like your, your Twitter
1: was your message board. Yeah. Yeah. No, Twitter wasn't around, you know, that's the media wasn't around,
0: but there were enough diehard cyclone fans who would pay $5 yeah. a month or whatever. Where it was a very vibrant community, yep. which you see every day right now on cyclone fanatic, for sure, but it was um yeah it was it was I it was remember, very appealing
1: to me as a young man and there was some payoff right away, like you could you jumped in and you were you're producing content, which when you're a, what sophomore junior in college like this is cool, yeah, and you're going to press conferences you're you're doing some of that stuff, but still, there was a stigma to the internet guy <laughs> there was a huge stigma, yeah. Against us. Oh, completely.
0: Especially a young, probably arrogant punk like Which me. Which you were. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's, that's absolutely true. Well, I do know um, we rubbed, not we, basically me and you just happened to be affiliated with me.
1: Yeah, I, I, you, you hired me as you... <laughs> I read some of the stuff I wrote back in like 05 and 06, and it's just embarrassing. I hired
0: all you guys. Yeah, I hired Chris Peters, who now works for ESPN. Yep, I was his first
1: editor. Yep, <laughs> I mean, I wrote a I wrote a column for you, and I I just cringe. I still have some of the old magazines. Well, so do um, you. Yeah, and for Cycle Nation, like, they're what embarrassing. I, what am I doing? What am I even doing here? But we were like, yeah, this is great. Like we can go to press conferences, and we can kind of get credentialed, but it was still looked. We were looked sideways from the traditional folks. Every, now there, a, a lot of the Des Moines was great and still are some of the same people. But you were still like, all right, who are what are these? Who are these kids clowns? Doing? What yeah. are they doing? Yeah.
0: Um, why did why the do they belong here? too. But Dan way. McCarney looked down upon me a lot, yeah. and Mac and I are still we're we're buddies to this. We're we're fine. Yeah, I don't want to say we're buddies. No, we're, yeah, we're, we're fine. fine. Yeah. Um, but there were some really hard times <laughs> between me and Mac back in the day. For sure, I mean, this is he didn't he 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 did not hold back about his thoughts about the um. There's a lot of vulgarities that Mac would use and associated with me, um, wet between the ears, you know that <laughs> yeah. that type of deal. And, and frankly, I don't blame him. Here's this guy who's turned this program around, and then you've got these. 20 year olds who are calling for me to be fired.
1: Yeah, and and but what, it, you know, the internet at that time was still kind of, you know, the wild, wild west. Nobody I mean, understood. Nobody it. got it and they couldn't figure out, okay, so you're a message board, but yet you kind of write some articles and are, what, what exactly are you? I mean, this is, we're talking the MySpace world. Like, really, Facebook didn't exist. This, Facebook wasn't really there yet. I mean, it, it was just in its genesis, but you couldn't post anything. It was really just whatever Facebook, the start of it was. And you're trying to cover Iowa State like you're like a combo. You're doing the newspaper, but you're on Steve Dace's radio show quite a bit. And And that was foreign to everybody, too. Yeah, so it was just the sports talk, opinion-based content. And really newspapers at the time, you had your beat writer. And then they had two or three columnists at the register that kind of swung the big clubs around there, too. So if they were going to bring in the big guns, it'd be Keeler or I think Mark Hansen was there. I still think it's a
0: grave mistake that the newspaper Clark. made by going with the columnists with the teams.
1: Well, so that's ch- right? so, I still
0: think that's a mistake, so, but I think they
1: reacted to guys like us. That's exactly what happened. So what this is a, you know, 506 and you start to build a little bit of an audience because the message board community is really organic.
0: And well, there's a community. That's the biggest thing. There's a right community on. where we're we give, um, and, and it exists to this day, and it's my favorite thing about Twitter, is like I can give back to the readers, and they give to me, and it we're, it's like we're friends.
1: But yet, at this time, from an Iowa State perspective, they still need your TV stations and newspaper first and foremost, because those drive numbers, right? They don't care about you yet. You're just oh, kind of, you're an annoying pest. Not like, only what, did they, did they dislike me, they didn't yeah. want us around. Because you take up... You take up time and space from the people that they want there, which was the traditional media, because that's the people who are going to drive traffic, drive ticket sales. And again, like I went back to, that was the revenue for Iowa State. So your media relations folks? they did this. Well, their job was to plant not plants, not the right word, but cultivate stories in the media. So that the I could get coverage. Now it's changed a lot. I mean, that's part of what they do now. But really, they are the content creators a lot. Of well, it. and back then,
0: though, um, to compare it to like modern day, it was a little bit like a authoritarian society, completely w- with with the media relations, right? Because they didn't like the fact that all of a sudden these fans had this spot right. to go congregate and sometimes spread false rumors, right. And they didn't know. These, this punk who, who was running it, and Clark to the same, like, I mean, I'm sure they respected Clark a lot more than they did me because he was so much older. Yeah, and he had and, more of a and, traditional and he, he background. he had been around, and yeah. a lot of the boosters were on his board and everything. But it, you know, to wrap it back around to the big picture, yep. I remember being at those press conferences and it, it was me, it was Paul Clark. And it was either whoever was on the Cyclone beat for the register, which is either Andrew Logue at the time or Randy Peterson. They would flop every two years. And then when Dave Sprout graduated, he... The he, he, Ames radio station. There was somebody from the Ames radio station and somebody from the Tribune. Now, if you go to a practice, like yeah. a spring practice, there's 20 damn dudes in there.
1: Yeah, and the growth of coverage really it goes parallel with the growth of Iowa State and is that what what is it the chicken or the egg there and I think you know that's that's kind of the fun conversation to have but as Iowa State's success has gone up the coverage has increased and and if you really look at Cyclone Fanatic's arc that is Iowa State's arc from a um, an interest standpoint and a success standpoint in, in large respects too I I I'm not. I'm not saying the cycle fanatic is responsible for the success of Iowa State because there's there's many other factors that are are bigger than that. But I do think that the community feel it was a big reason why Iowa State has steadily increased. And now they have sixty one thousand five hundred seat stadium. Do they do that without cycle fanatic? Maybe. But I think that was a big help of really having an outlet for Iowa State. that Says this is us. And now I look around. Iowa State. I think statewide. Probably gets close to fifty-fifty coverage. I mean,
0: it's- oh, I think so too. Um, you know, to answer your deal on why there's more reporters, I I think this is a fascinating conversation to have. And I let me get a little bit political here, but okay. I do think that there should be some sort of government subsidy to keep local news outlets afloat because this is the problem I see like with what the Register's doing now. Um, so like, should you cover things based off of traffic and chasing revenue? Or right. should you, should you, or should the, the city like in what's going on, dictate what your coverage is? Because like to me, like the Iowa barnstormers just had a playoff game mm-hmm. and the register didn't cover it. Mm-hmm. Um, is that right or wrong? Well, from a business standpoint, back in the day, they put out the Sunday paper. The Big Peach is what they call it. Okay. And people may not have been reading about the Drake softball team, but they didn't know because they there, don't have the there wasn't a thing called a click. Yeah. Now, they, they've they covered enough Barnstormer games to know that there's just not that much interest in it. So they ignore it. Well, that's not for the betterment of the community, mm-hmm. in my opinion. But I also can't blame the people at Gannett and the Register because their staff's been cut in half and they have to make a living and put food on the table, too. So I think what you've seen when when there's 20 reporters there now is people have seen that, well, they're going to click on this, but they're probably not. We're not going to get as many clicks on covering the Johnston softball team, right? I'm a believer that the Johnson softball team still should be covered, should be covered. by the Des Moines Register. Yeah. But I, I don't necessarily blame them either. I think it's a fascinating conversation. And and again, like I don't want people to take that too far. No. I don't think that our taxpayer money should be funding all these things, but I do think it, community journalism is still very important, and it's going
1: to continue to take more of a hit. Let's get back to that, but let's go back to so 2009. You're working at KMA Radio. Yes. The fan site that independent fan site was almost uh, a non thing okay so in order to survive to follow a you know an Iowa state an Iowa a Big 12 school you had to be affiliated at the time with Rivals or Scout I think right those were the two yeah. the two dogs 247 at the time. wasn't there yet 247 but you had to have that subscription model Correct. where people are paying 7 to 10 dollars a month to get the scoops yes and yet, you get a call, you're working, you're, you're doing well, because I worked with you for a year at KMA. Good place to be. It was a, a, a safe job. Yep.
0: I could have made way better money there.
1: Yep. And you were, <laughs> you know, borderline married or getting, thinking I was about engaged. getting married. Ashley had a job lined up in Red Oak. And these folks that you didn't really know call you and say, we're sick and tired, so this is 09. Yeah. This is when Iowa still got, you know, the heft of the coverage. I think it's changed, and we'll get into that here. But, and I was the same boat. It's like, come on. Like, the registers constantly, and the TV stations, it's like always covering Iowa. It's like Iowa State's like, oh, well, they're, you know, if they it, do something well, then okay, we'll it, give them a... It
0: truly was a little yeah, brother. It was, yeah. completely, absolutely. And it absolutely. Didn't, didn't matter how many times in a row Mac won that game either. I mean... That's That changed the narrative a little bit, but...
1: It was still, Iowa State was yeah. still, you know, it was the small potatoes to the main meal in the media's mind. And I think, so, that the genesis of Fanatic came from, from that place, it, it and did. you get a call.
0: That's where, I was down uh, at the Lake of the Ozarks and I was fishing. I had already met with, with one guy who's one of my dear friends to this day. Uh, so I kind of figured that, we were going to have some sort of a conversation, but
1: I didn't think it would be of the full-time nature. Because um, you, you had gotten out of Cyclone Nation, so that kind of fizzled I, out. I, I quit gotta...
0: Cyclone Nation. Um, I actually quit Cyclone Nation my senior year of college um, for a lot of reasons, mm-hmm. but I went and worked at the Ames Tribune for a while. Okay, they, I was doing recruiting coverage for them.
1: And that was the safer job. Yeah,
0: <laughs> at the time. I mean, a traditional it, job. To, didn't
1: you interview for like the paper in Newton?
0: I interviewed at the Ames Tribune the Newton paper, and um, my favorite one that turned me down was the Knoxville radio station. I couldn't get a job (laughs)
1: anywhere. Yeah,
0: yeah, I couldn't get a job anywhere. Um, KCCI, the register, none of those places would even return a call. Um,
1: So, yeah, it was really – But you're the Cyclone guy, kind of. Like you're not – That was the only thing I I had on my resume was being the fan site guy. Yep. Which Which is like, okay, you might as
0: well just be a blog. So I get this call um, and the guys had, um, they had followed me briefly or whatever during my time Mm -hmm. at Scout. And the one thing that I was just scary enough to think that this might work was I was more of a scholar of like media than I was the Cyclones. Sure. I always have been. It's not anything against Iowa State. I'm fascinated by new trends and you know, like I, I'm the I could do the whole like what should newspapers responsibility to society thing, like I could have that conversation for days. Mm-hmm. Like I that's the and, stuff that fascinates me. Mm-hmm. And I we we as a team looked at this thing and we're like exactly what you're talking about, and we saw all these areas of opportunity, what we're doing right now, podcasting being one of them, that nobody was doing mm-hmm. Absolutely nobody was doing it, and we we liked the free model. Jeremy had developed a nice community, which gave us a head start that we already had. You know, five six thousand people that were on the site. Yeah, and that's since grown to like twenty twenty five on a daily basis. When news happens, sure. we'll be upwards of fifty. Uh, we'll we'll have about fifty thousand people or so listening to this podcast Crazy. right now, and. We just went for it. It was a scary time, but we believed in a couple of things. One, the decline of traditional Traditional media, media, which saw the writing on the wall there. Accelerated. Scared the hell out of you um, to be a traditional media guy. And two, the free model. Now, that's since kind of come back around Mm -hmm. where I think subscription is kind of the
1: the, with the athletic and...
0: Yeah, there's a lot that goes into it that I don't want to bore people with, but when it comes to CPMs and whatnot, like mm-hmm. that, but I, I, I still like our business model. More importantly, though, is the the way we're viewed could not be more different. Right? Uh, we, back in the day, so when we, you're 2009, get the call, um, I decide I'm going to move up. Do it full-time. We're going to do this full-time. Um, I'm going to eat a lot of ramen noodles. <laughs> I'm taking your, about a your wife was in vet school, right? My wife was in school. I took like a sixteen thousand dollar pay cut and lost my four oh one K and all that stuff to come up and start this thing. Um and get an email back from Iowa State that day that we've been denied press credentials. Hmm. They weren't going to let us cover the game because we
1: didn't belong to the traditional like media. a traditional media, right? You company. needed at the time. You needed they had a rule, like you needed an editor. You needed a yeah. There was some sort of formality there. Now, luckily, um, I had been at Iowa State. I had covered Iowa
0: State for long enough, where I had some allies in the athletic department who vouched for me, and that was the biggest thing. And they 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 came to my defense and <laughs> said, "Okay, this guy's legit. This guy, and and what they're trying to do." He's doing it full time, and now that's the deal. Like, if you want to do it, if you want to cover games, if you want to be credentialed, this has to be your full time job. Coach. Which I, I think that our site probably had a lot to do with.
1: Yeah, for sure. It, yeah. So this is 2009, and again, it's you know your media, your newspapers, your TV stations, and radio. That was that was a. And you, you had your your established sites like Cyclone Report, mm-hmm. and uh, the Scout site was still around. At the time, but I yeah, think they,
0: Twitter really killed those it, it, those subscription sites. Well, though.
1: and and right, so again, Twitter was brand new, and and that's that's the thing. Like to watch news or to get news, it was still you're you're waiting for the ten o'clock news, or you're getting it the next morning in the paper. Yeah, Des Moines Register dot com was around, but it was still wasn't you weren't driving a whole lot of numbers there. And social media was so new that. I mean, the scoops that you got, you know, you had to be a subscriber or you had to wait until the story came out, and it could be that night or, you know, days later. Well, and the demographic changing is huge. I mean, people, people die. Fanatic hit at almost the perfect time from a media standpoint because you were able to take risks but had established enough that people would follow along. And it's crazy to me that you look at what you did then and now the traditional media has almost flipped back around to cover teams like fan sites, which is, which
0: I think is a vast mistake that they're doing.
1: I would agree, but if you look at some, even in the state of Iowa here, it's strange the type of coverage the schools can get now. Um, and I, I don't blame the reporters that do it because that's no, what
0: gets the numbers. I get it. Like, yeah, I don't blame Randy Peterson, and I I just think like the one thing that where I just thought like, man, they missed was when the Big 12 Missile Crisis was going mm-hmm. on. Like, our paper was the only one that wasn't down covering that. Which is crazy. And, and yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I in my opinion, that might be the single biggest story in the history of Iowa State Athletics. Yeah. Honestly, I, like because if, if that goes could... the other way, it's over. Yep. It's over. Like, this whole thing is done. Yep. And, no, I, I, and I just remember at the time being like, man, like, You've got to be here. more invested in this mm-hmm. thing. And it wasn't – again, I don't want to blame anybody. It's not the reporter's fault, I can tell you that. So if you're all like, oh, he threw Andy Peterson under the bus. No, I'm absolutely not. Whoever is his boss at the time. And whoever was that guy's boss
1: writing the check. That's who was to blame. So what What do you think was the biggest key for Fnatic from your perspective? Because you were a one-man shop. Like it was you. I mean, I was helping you out a little bit. I'd write a column every now and then. Um I I had a day job, and I still do. Like, I don't do... Some people, oh, you're you're right for... No, I have a day job, and I just kind of help out, freelance with some other things, but...
0: I think it was two things. I think it was, one, Jason Luch, our owner, um, our our ownership team, there's four of us, we were in the parentheses there for a long time, and we were patient with it because we believed in what we were
1: doing. For for those non-business folks, we were losing money. We were
0: losing money. Yeah. Um, two is I think that we, because of our, we didn't have this bureaucracy ahead of us uh, on top of us, right? We were independent and we were quick. We could make quick decisions. And I think the fact that social media came around and became as prevalent as it was for media at the time, we didn't have to have six board meetings to make a decision on how we wanted to use Twitter. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was literally me. Yep in my apartment in Urbandale. Yep. And that was it. I mean, I didn't, Jason and those guys, they didn't really ever question me. They just, we just did it. And I think that being lean was our biggest advantage at the time. And I didn't have to cover every, I didn't have to cover if, um, you know, the backup defensive lineman um, was underage at a bar. Yeah. I didn't waste my time with that. that. I was covering what people wanted to read because we weren't doing hard journalism. And I think that that freed me up to do more recruiting. I mean, that's really where it started. We were breaking recruiting stories. We were the first to really use Twitter and start breaking news on Twitter, feeding it back to the website. And, it valued the brand, It built the brand's value up more than it necessarily did the, the numbers on the website, but I think that that all is paying off today.
1: Yep, and, and, and you were, I mean, you're not going to give yourself credit, but I will, but you were one of the pioneers in that regard of using social media, and now all the main sites do that, right? Like your national sites or everything... You know, a lot for a while, ESPN would not put their proprietary stuff on social media. Now they now they do. I mean, now they have Woj who's dropping bombs all over the place. But you kind of saw what was happening, and also in the podcast world, which has really taken off. I think in the last three years uh, nationally, Mm -hmm. but. When we recorded our first podcast in 2000, 2009 or 10. Like it was shortly oh, it was after you started. That.
0: It. We did, we did. Oh, we, didn't at KMA. Be, we did.
1: That's, that's right. But we the started first on Fanatic. Uh,
0: we, we started it on KMA. That's right. And Bloom and I actually, this is, <laughs> we I forgot were, about that. We were cycling free agents at the time. Yep. I, cause I wrote, people don't, a lot of people don't know this. I worked for Paul Clark for like mm-hmm. two years. Um, but Bloom and I were, we were, when we were at KMA there towards the end, we were free agents and we started our own, like, we call it a pod. Yeah, blog. I don't know if we call it a podcast, but, but we had an we, audio yeah, blog. We yeah. st- an audio blog That's where right. we would just turn on that. the mics and we would talk about the cyclones. Yep.
1: That's funny. That but it just it's interesting. So I think it, it happened at a great time and then you've built up credibility. And it's weird almost that you all know, go around and see Iowa state folks all over the country and, and I almost think Fanatic has now more credibility as the fan site than some of the traditional media. I hope which, so. Which is kind of neat. It's funny how it's flipped. Yeah, it's way.
0: nothing against the traditional no, media. All. But I I do feel like we've done this the right way. I feel like we we didn't really cut corners. We, I was far more of a traditional journalist in 2010 than I am now. Now I'm more of a – and that's fine. That's why I had the Rob Grays and stuff. Um, but I, I think that, you know, we've never been a mouthpiece for the university and we never will be. That's important to me, and
1: that that part has changed too. What the university has to do because their responsibility is to control their message.
0: They and, in two thousand and five, they blocked me. Iowa State blocked me from covering the Big Twelve women's, women's basketball that's tournament. Right. That's right. I had to buy a ticket to cover that event yep. in Dallas. Dallin, Dallas, S- swear to God, yeah. that happened. Yep, I don't remember that. It was a whole deal. Yeah, but it, it, I think. I think it probably had more to do with Narciss at the time than sure. it did me, it but wasn't it still happened. You. That wasn't Psych One Fanatic, but that was when, when I was with Scout.
1: But I think the growth of the Iowa State fan base, it, it ties into this. Um, the the media coverage, and now you're selling out a stadium that's 61500 You have more interest in Iowa State than at any other time in the history of the school, and it's set up now, Iowa State is, for good things ahead and Good news for Fnatic is you're right there, like you are the the entity that's been there. I mean, you and Randy Peterson have probably been in Paul Clark, okay? Have been probably been. Well,
0: let's be. Paul's really he doesn't do much anymore. Yeah, but, like his the site's still there, sure. Um, but I think we don't see much of him, which is in the day to day stuff. I like yeah. Paul a lot, but
1: but I think it, it's wild that you're you've now been around 15 years, and it, I, I'm I'm curious what you think the next 10 years will look like because obviously, like we talked about the start from a TV network standpoint, that's going to be a big issue when that's up. Okay. What's going to happen there? I think that's the the biggest question for media. And then from a local coverage standpoint, if newspapers continue to go the same way, I mean, what does it become even more splintered off? And uh, yeah, it's just, it's a fascinating, uh, fascinating to think about.
0: Hold that thought. I want to give a shout out real quick. We are partnering. I'm excited about this bloom, and perhaps I can get you to go here with me. Uh, July 25th through the 27th. The Guthrie River Ruckus. Have you ever heard of this? Oh, yeah. Who's singing? Oh. <laughs> you ever heard of Chris Cagle? My man, Chris I Cagle. I'm not a Diamond guy. Rio, Kip Moore, Mitchell Tenpenny. So we're partnering with them this year. So if you go, oh, Tenpenny
1: good. sang the uh, the Sober song.
0: Oh, is that? Okay. Yeah. I'm not much aware I of think Mitchell's. So. Work, yeah, so. Yeah. But, anyways, if you go this year, uh, we're sponsoring them, and um, you're going to see really like Cyclone Fanatic That's awesome. logos and stuff all over the big screen behind like Chris Cagle. Seriously. Yeah. Very excited for this. Um, and great news uh, for Cyclone Fanatics who want to go. I can get you $15 off tickets. <laughs> How do you like that? So you go to Guthrie's River That's Guthrie's and use the code word "cyclones" when you buy your tickets. Fifteen dollar discount. Boom! Got three's riverruckus dot com. Code word cyclones. What is the future like so, in media?
1: So this is why I ask this, and I'm not trying to to rain on the future of your coverage, but I, I do, and I know it's something you thought about, and we've talked about. But you have now, like just to start. Iowa State gets enough money from the big conference network package and then the third tier rights they could sustain themselves pretty much on that they yes they need the local media to generate interest of of course, but I do think it's that that part has changed in that. What is the local media's responsibility then? Because they control all their own content now. Look at it, Cyclones TV. Okay, uh, look at the, the the stories that the sports information department puts at. I mean, it puts Walters. out. They're covering. Yeah. They're covering Iowa State like they are a media outlet, as so, they should. So where where do you see the third parties of the world you fitting into that along with the traditional media? Because I think. I mean, look at yeah. look at what Iowa State's done. Look what I look at what Drake just hired a guy, an admirer who was a former TV person to do what Iowa State's doing. I think that's the model for these schools going forward. I'm just curious, where do you think you fit in in that, and the role you have to play?
0: Well, the first thing I would point out is I don't I don't really um, separate like traditional media and what we do anymore. I think you throw us all together. Okay. now we serve different purposes. And you'll never hear me tell people to not subscribe to the Des Moines Register. I want everybody to subscribe to the Des Moines Register because I think it's vitally important for our local community. Same with the Ames Tribune. I encourage people for Christmas gifts to give subscriptions to the local media because we need people. We need a Travis Hines checking the police blotter. Mm -hmm. That's important. We need whoever's at the register covering the city council. Like there's – It's vital for our democracy, okay? So I think we all have a spot at the table. I think, I know this wasn't your opinion, but the way you set the table there, I think you're vastly underestimating people's craving for real analysis and objective analysis and reporting.
1: And I agree. That's why I went way hard the other way. Yeah,
0: because I think that human beings can spot a press release from a mile away. And while I think that maybe twenty percent of the fan base would be fine with just reading press releases all the time, I think that there's a hard reject coming from eighty percent of Cyclone fans who not only do they they want like the objectiveness and they want, but they want some flavor to it. It's entertainment. Like people go to Cyclone games because they love it. They're not reading Cyclone fanatic on a Tuesday morning. Because they feel obligated to. They're doing it and they're listening to these podcasts. Like, how many people right now, raise your hand in your car. Keep two fingers, two hands on the wheel. <laughs> if you're doing this to for entertainment pur- purposes to pass the time. Content is king. Um, and it, we're going to continue to find new ways to bring it to you. We're going to be doing our a lot of these podcasts that you listen to now. You're going to be able to watch live on Facebook coming up here in about a month or so. We're about ready to launch the new Cyclone Fanatic app. So when there's a recruit that commits to Iowa State, it's going to buzz you on your Apple alert. Watch. Yep. Um, this is all going to continue to evolve, and and while you're right, um, Iowa State's been doing this for a long time. now. Yeah. like they've been they've been controlling their own stuff for a long time, and the media hasn't gone anywhere. I don't think it will ever. They're never going to be able to report on and recruiting, and I don't think Iowa State would want that either. I, I, I don't I mean, either. Yeah, I mean, I just, but, I, and that's the recruiting thing is another thing. Um, there's, it's the lifeblood of what we do, and we don't do it as well as we should. It for I'm just a really honest assessment of our website. We need to be better in that area to really thrive going forward. Mm-hmm. It's got to be a deal where, like, when you look at, like, what can we do better than everybody else? um, Halstead is phenomenal at recruiting. I've I've been in the game for 15 years. I don't think anybody's covered it better than what Alex has done over at 247. I would highly advise anybody to pay him $5 a month or whatever it is for a subscription. Um, The podcast thing is just going to continue to grow. I just – I don't take the fatal – The fatalist approach, I think there's so much opportunity going forward. Iowa State's fan base is going to continue to grow. It is. And there's plenty of room at the dinner table for anybody. And I can tell you, when you look at our numbers on the website, podcast numbers, and sports talk radio ratings, we just had the best book that we've ever had. Awesome. So the It's not go, you're not going anywhere. I just my point is I think that people are craving it more than ever
1: and I can't see that going away anytime soon. Well and I think that's you know to kind of put a bow on it, that's the neat part is Iowa State has grown. Fan base success Fnatic has grown. I think they do mirror each other in that way. But I also think the best No is doubt your, we do better best. when they do better. Oh completely. Yeah, yeah your numbers reflect that. Um uh, and I but I think uh for Iowa State it's a great time to be a fan in a couple of ways. You've got you've got coverage that you've never had before um, on all angles. It's, Every single game is it's, televised. Yeah. It's I mean, never been better to be a fan. It, it really isn't. And for and then the success on the field. And if you is don't, obviously don't like most me, you can thing. read Randy
0: Peterson. Yeah, if you don't like Peterson, you can read Travis Hines. It
1: is so cool. Just let okay. Let's 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 rewind twenty years ago. You and I, Iowa say football fan. You get to watch one maybe two games a year. You listen to the games. A lot of them are ugly. <laughs> you read them. You read the paper the next day. You watch the ten o'clock news, and you get maybe a ten-second blurb. And Iowa gets a minute and a half. And now, you want to go. Fo- you want to go find media coverage for Iowa State. You got it. It's everywhere. Every single game is televised in, in one capacity or another. I know Cyclones TV sometimes gets some, some got some gruff for the lack of, but at least it's on TV, which is pretty cool. And everything, everything's at your fingertips. Which it's a, it's a great time to be an Iowa State fan. Look and at the, the success register. Is there too. Yeah,
0: two beat writers for Iowa, two for Iowa State. Yeah,
1: and and, and you can argue with the methods that they do, but they still the coverage is there. I mean, and 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 literally, you guys have content every single day, even during the summer. We try and have a podcast every day of the week. And I, so I think from that, it's it's really cool. Um, and there's a reason why Iowa State has caught Iowa from a fan base. I really believe that now if you can look at alumni numbers and all that stuff, but I think from a general interest standpoint, it used to be probably, well, I'll just take my kindergarten class, for example. It was, I was like me and two other people in my 30-person kindergarten class in West Des Moines were Iowa State fans. Now you go to that same elementary school in West Des Moines, it's 50-50, if not an Iowa State lean, I think that in Des Moines. And I think the coverage of Iowa State is a big part of that. Yeah, the success is obviously the ultimate part, but the coverage has grown the Iowa State fan base, and that's only going to get better. I think at some point, because of the way the alumni numbers and everything else trend, it's going to be 50-50 for the foreseeable future.
0: I want to give credit to um, to Iowa State's, really, their marketing, though. Yeah. I and think – that. Yeah. Um, and when I say that, it goes everywhere from Pollard and Mary Pink to, you know, like Mike Green with sports information. For so long there – Iowa State was giving media exponentially more access to Great its point. programs than Great Iowa point. was. And that was really smart because you had consistently cycling. Like I remember, like we we're loosely affiliated with Hawkeye Nation. We're not owned by the same, but we were two independent websites and it's Share easier to stuff. work together. Yep. And I remember there talking with Rob Howe for years. Like I had a new spring football story every day. And they had one
1: opportunity. And he
0: had like one or two opportunities all of spring football to talk to coaches. And that was really smart by Iowa State because, you know, we were keeping fans abreast on everything on a daily basis where over on the eastern part of the state, they had nothing. And it's all feeding the beast. And another thing, too, is Iowa State fans are so damn loyal and if you guys like the coverage, and if you got to support the, the you got to turn off your ad blockers. Um, so if you if you enjoy the products, don't pay for something you don't like. Yep. But if you enjoy the products. You can subscribe to Alex's website. You can subscribe to the Register, to the Tribune. You can give those support, as gifts.
1: Support Fanatic Advertiser. That's a big part of it, too. That's the yeah.
0: biggest thing. I had a meeting with an advertiser today, and they're they're going to double their spend with us next year because we're the number one referral they've ever had. And this is a real company. This is a company that's been around for decades. They've advertised in every form, and they've never had more referrals than from Cyclone Fanatic. And that like that's why we're here. So if you if you love it, like you got to continue to support yeah. this type of deal
1: and I think that's the neat part is this website started to serve the Iowa State fan base and it continues to do so ten years later so kudos to you well and, and what you've done and I know you won't yeah. take credit for, it, but you're obviously are a big part of it but i it's neat to see that hard work has paid off and and by the way the Iowa state the success in particularly the last couple of years in football it's it's kind of that not that you have anything to do with it, but it's it's nice for you to be able to cover now. Well, we always thought we always talked about it, right? Never Back when it was we were at Cycle Nation, that we never thought we would cover an Alamo Bowl or an Iowa State team that is a legitimate Big Twelve contender. And now, look at Iowa State; every single game is going to be on television. Which you know, this is small potatoes now, but Iowa State's a big boy; it's a national player, and and the media's there to cover it.
0: One other thing too is um, I, I kind of mentioned this earlier, but. I'm the visible one, but our ownership with, like, they just... I I mention this every time we have our parties and stuff. Like, they never told me no back in the day. And back when nobody was podcasting and I said, hey, can I have $500 to buy this Audacity? Remember that board that always used to die on? It did. It did. But, like, you know, they they would do that. And also Jamie Pollard. um, He... A lot of ADs wouldn't have... But, Paul, I I think him and the way he viewed, and he used us from time to time. Like, I get it. Like, it was. Sure. It was a symbiotic relationship. Yeah. No, but, like, I, I think he was so open about all this stuff. And he, I'm going to write the book someday. I don't know how many people are going to buy it. But on the Big 12 Missile Crisis yeah. and the Longhorn Network and all that stuff. And my, my gut tells me that Iowa State's athletic director was probably much more involved in all that than people give him credit
1: for. In, indeed. And now
0: it's, now it's, I mean, looking at okay. – And he's hired the right coaches in the sense that they haven't always won. And, but if they he understands this fan base and what this – this fan base needs more than winning. Winning is great and it cures everything – but like they've got to be able to give back to the people, the right? People in place, yeah. It's a weird deal. I would venture to guess you could travel from coast to coast and not find a fan base like Iowa State's. It's a it's an odd deal. We are a weird group of folks, <laughs> but it's a great group.
1: Of it's folks. a great and, man, and not a better time than right now. And I, from a lot of aspects, so uh, well, I hope ten, this... ten years in and and fanatic uh, maybe we can cover our first Big Twelve championship game. Man,
0: I would. Maybe I probably would, I would definitely cover that game. You can't keep me out of the press box, but (laughs) it'd be really fun to to sit there and hold my daughter and watch that experience too. I'm not putting it out of the realm this year for sure. Good stuff, though. Well, um, believe it or not, we're recording this Tuesday night. Uh, We'll probably put this out closer to the fourth, but um, in less than two weeks, Big 12 Media Days. Can you believe that? And you'll be there. I can't wait. I'm, it's it's it is my this is so weird people probably won't get it It's my favorite event to cover every year because it's just like everything's fresh, everything's new, and I can sit down for two days and all I do is produce content and about Iowa state football
1: It's like uh back in the old days when you first started yeah, I
0: know that it was, I told it was you, you, I, <laughs> you you and nobody else I told Stansbury the other day um what did I say to him? I was like, God, I wish I had your job. <laughs> but it's true. Like, if I could just sit down and write five stories about hey, the Cyclones it. every day like I used to, God, that'd be awesome.
1: Yeah, you I mean, you were calling Deontay Garrett at all hours of the day the, and all that stuff.
0: The best one I called uh, that I remember calling up on and developing a relationship with, what was his, uh, he, played for, he played with LeBron at the Cavs. He went to
1: Texas. Tristan Thompson. There you go. He was
0: an Otzelberger yep. guy.
1: And yeah, all the stories, but that—that's cool. I mean, it's—it's it's neat that you've kind of been along for the ride, and you know, I've kind of seen it from closely, and the, just the growth of oh, you are our you know, biggest Fanatic. acquisition. Oh yeah, you—I yeah, mean, I those—you
0: sold a lot of Iowa State dailies back in the day, Bloom. <laughs> those columns were legendary.
1: Don't you Google brought
0: him. you brought like nope. the Bill Simmons vibe to yeah, the Iowa State it Daily. was
1: painful. What about the one time um didn't you have like Iowa fans coming to your apartment? I had uh <laughs> calls to my they somebody posted my email my campus email address and phone number on the Iowa message board. We can wrap it up here but I wrote in the column. This was after Iowa had struggled with uh, multiple running back injuries. And so I wrote in the column uh <laughs> Here's gonna be my this this time stamps it. here's what I'm gonna do for my AOL Instant Messenger this week is week get the sci <laughs> game. Iowa running backs blow ACLs. Which is just a horrible thing to it's say. It's a bad joke. But I wrote it at a column and it, it got printed and I'm like, oh gosh. But yeah. Who that printed was, uh, that? Who's your edited? Uh Grant Wall. Was it Wall? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, back in the day. So you know it, what?
0: What about been, the Greg Coleman story? Tell the Greg Coleman uh, story.
1: Okay well, okay, we'll just do it quickly. Um so I wrote what, are you trying to get out of here? No, no I'm just. You're, I guess people are driving. Why not? Yeah, we got. We it's got a time. podcast. All we have right, all the time true. in the world. So not uh, time. Time conditioned. Um, no. So I wrote. So Greg Coleman fumbled twice. I think against Baylor in 05 and really lost the game. I was a bad. It was Baylor's first. Win on the road in Big Twelve play in its history, which is kind of amazing. That two thousand five season still haunts yeah. me. So the next week was homecoming at Iowa State, and so I wrote in my Thursday column um, something to the effect of, uh, "How do you keep Greg Coleman out of your yard float or your homecoming yard display? Uh, put up goalposts." <laughs> 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 Again, savage. Yeah, I mean, no, not great. Um, and then I covered the game at Missouri the next week. And Coleman actually played well. I ran for over 100 yards. And so I'm trying to get some quotes from him. And he stops me and goes, hey, man, read what you wrote about me in the paper. Real funny, man. Real funny. <laughs> so, so I gave him, like, that awkward paddle. back. Like, oh, great. We're cool, right? Um, and then you, of course, can read up on his history.
0: I once had a football staffer want to beat me up in the McCartney years. <laughs> I'm not going to say his name because he's still in the area. Yeah.
1: No, I mean it was
0: about. All I'll say is this: it had to do with the recruitment of Webster Patrick. Uh, oh boy! And I, and I, I sta- think we've told that in to one this of these before. Yeah, but. to this day, I stand by my reporting on yeah. that. <laughs> the
1: point is, we we were uh, we the the McCartney staff were correct. On us a little bit. Oh like, yeah, what, what the they were, hell were we? Doing they were skeptical of covering us. a Big Twelve football. So play? we had no business doing that. So we've grown up since then, right? I don't think I've
0: ever told this story. Uh, and real quick, I'm gonna if, if there's kids, I'm gonna swear here, but yeah, it's not so, nothing and, egregious. Okay. So I was doing that state of the nation show with John Miller and Steve Days on MediaCon. Me, yep. And we were on there. Um, we were doing like our preseason predictions. And I want to say I picked the 2006 team to go, like, 4-8 and eight or whatever. Yeah. Like we we picked a pretty big drop-off, and, and we were correct, by the way. Well, we were all sitting there. So, back in the day, they used to let us watch practice. Mm-hmm. And they're at the end of practice, and we're all standing there waiting to talk to McCarney. Mm-hmm. And McCarney's just lacing into his team. Like, he's just – I mean, he's just fired up. He goes, ah, ah I was watching I was watching TV last night <laughs> and those three fat bastards picked us to go four and eight. And I'm like, Hey, coach one of those guys. I'm right here. <laughs> oh man. He I, I think Mac hated us there for a while. No, yeah. I but then I we're good now.
1: Yeah, no, it's all good now. But we Yeah, we had uh probably no business covering it. But No, we really the, didn't. But 15 years later, it's, it's fun to look back on of how much uh, everything has changed and hopefully for the better. Well, um, this was fun. I hope it
0: was somewhat educational for the audience. I think so. I think the ultimate message is if you... Um, everybody's got it pretty good right now. The old timers yeah. know that. Yeah. But man, like... I'm like you, like when people complain about like kick times and stuff because of TV, I'm just, yeah. Yeah. I remember the days of never being able to watch my team. And literally, I always say it exists because of the Longhorn Network. TV. I mean, it can go it back really to that. It really is. So. Yeah. so don't bitch about the Longhorn <laughs> Network either. <laughs> all right. Um, thank you to our friends at Sukup, Sukup Manufacturing. Yeah, thank you. The, yeah. Thank you to them as well. And uh, it's it's great. We love all of our sponsors. It's good to have a, supporter like souk up though they're all over everywhere at iowa state and it's nice to know that some of those people care about what we're doing here indeed as well so thanks for listening have a very safe fourth if you're going to have some um parties with your you know fireworks and stuff just don't be an idiot just don't be an idiot thank you later